The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. And uh, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you have young people in your world, you need to pay attention to this. Um, it, just some scary statistics, some things that are happening on the online world that you need to be aware of. And you might not be aware of it. There has been a record-breaking number of reports relating to child sextortion and online sexual exploitation since the start of the pandemic. Um, and and so I'm wondering if, if you're having conversations with your kids about who they're talking to online. Do you know what apps they're using? Do you know what platforms they are accessing? Again, important questions as we learn about these numbers. The spike in online sexual abuse comes as more young people spend more time online. But those who work to protect children say it's not just parents who need to be protecting the, the kids. Signe Arneson is the Associate Executive Director for the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. Signe, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, let's start with this. Uh, these these numbers that we're hearing, they're 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 shocking when we when we see uh, the increase in the numbers, you know, eighty percent increase, that sort of thing. Tell us about about uh, about these cases. What do we need to know about what is happening right now? Well, it stands to reason that, that uh, from our perspective, uh, you're going to see an increase in children being exploited and harmed online given what's occurred during the pandemic, which is uh, children are at home, they're connected uh, to the internet uh, on a more regular basis, so the access has increased, and likely so, ha- so has it on the offending side. So those that are interested in sexually harming children have also taken advantage um, of the increased access to children and youth online and as a result are employing all sorts of tactics and one of them uh, you know relates to sextortion so we've seen a significant rise in that so what is sextortion for those who are maybe hearing that term for the first time today when it comes to kids what does that mean well, it's essentially blackmail. So really on the front end of it, it's individuals that have surreptitiously uh, recorded a youth and then they use the recording, which is typically sexual in nature, to basically threaten um, the teen in most cases to either send more sexual images or in some capacity may possibly send money to the offender. Otherwise, they're going to take what they have um, surreptitiously recorded of the teen doing something sexual and put it and post it online, which would be, you know, a a nightmare for, for, for teenagers if that were to occur. Question for you, Signe. When it comes to the predators who are online and who are um, who are targeting um, these kids mm-hmm. is the target a one-time thing or is there grooming involved with this 
Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So, no, sextortion isn't isn't really grooming because grooming is a process and it entails uh, gaining the, the trust of the child as well as those that surround the child and then you're getting access to the child and then you're sexually offending against the child. So we wouldn't see this as grooming. This, this type of thing happens quite quickly online. It's happening again, uh, particularly in the adolescent population, and it is because you've got teenagers online who are sexually curious. Their you know exploration comes. The internet has been commingled into that, and they're vulnerable. So they may believe in some capacity they're speaking online with someone else who's a similar-aged peer, only to then find out that it wasn't. And what they've just um, done, which they think is over live streaming, has been recorded on the other side, and then that's that's used against them. So I, it, we wouldn't refer to that as a grooming process, um, but certainly uh, teens are being targeted in this capacity, and they're being coerced and duped into believing that they're um, engaging with someone who would be of a similar age. Signe, you know, it's interesting because I was when I was reading the reports into this, and I was reading actually there's a, a Business Insider report that came out uh, last week talking about the, the platforms um, that had, uh, you know, the most reports about um, where things were happening and, and sexual images of, of kids were being found. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we've heard we've heard about, you know, you know Snapchat and Google Hangouts, Facebook Messenger, and mm-hmm. then uh, something came up and I'd never heard of it before, and it's called Omega. I think Omegle. Omegle, Omegle, yeah. Omegle. I'd never heard of it before. And I just, Mm -hmm. I was talking to my husband earlier today, who's a high school teacher. And I said, have you ever heard of this? And he says, oh yeah. And I said, what are the the kids saying about it? And they're like, oh yeah, it's not, it's Mm -hmm. not a good place. It's not a good place to be. You know, so I'm, I'm 50 years old, Signe. I've got, Mm -hmm. you know, a 26 year old and a 30 year old. I've got a grandson. Um, I I think that I'm fairly active on on social media, that sort of thing. And all of a sudden I hear about, uh, you know, a platform where things are happening that I've never heard of before. So I wonder sometimes, you know, about, you know, other parents out there and other grandparents out there and other aunties and uncles out there mm-hmm. um, that, you know, would not even have a clue about, you know, this as well. How important is it for us to know where our kids are and and, when, mm-hmm. and what they're on and, and about these about these places and, and what's being done on them? Well, there's uh, there's a, there's two sides to your question. The one is is that um, you know uh, kids have access to all sorts of apps and information online, and you need to have a sense of the applications that exist and what can take place on them. Yes. At the same time, it's not terribly realistic to expect that parents are going to know everything, and I think therein lies the rub. Part of the problem and why we're facing an epidemic, not only with child sexual abuse material, but with youth that are being sextorted, lured, and groomed online, and then the coercion results in something sexual being taken and then they're trying to recover and trying to get it then off of adult pornography sites and the whole thing turns into a disaster is that we set up the internet in the wrong way. We set it up in a way uh, unto which there are no rules and regulations and we have relied upon companies to really monitor and put in place all of the things that are necessary to ensure that children are safe and protected. We have done this in the offline 
offline world and somehow we have decided that the online world wasn't up for grabs and we could just rely upon companies to take care of this. Well, we can see that this hasn't happened. I'm 20 years into doing this job and the situation only grows more concerning by the year and we're facing an epidemic online. So yes, parents need to be engaged, but to be really honest and frank, it's not possible to know everything your kids are doing online. And in fact, the damage and harm is occurring without them even leaving their home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's scary stuff. And, 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 you know, here's the thing. I mean, I talk about this Omegle place, which I'd never heard of before, but according to this business insider report, it was Facebook that had uh, the most reports, uh, 20 million child sexual abuse images on its platform in 2020. That was a report less than a week ago from the business insider. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone knows what Facebook is, (laughs) you know, everyone knows uh, what it is. So it's not, it's not necessarily necessarily apps that we haven't heard of before so we know Facebook is you know places like Facebook saying that it's got proactive policies its use of technology is is Mm -hmm. removing detecting Mm -hmm. that sort of thing but we also know in the U.S. there are no laws that Mm -hmm. um that compel these platforms to proactively search out child sexual abuse material. Um, What kind of rules or are there any rules in place in this country? Well, listen, we, we have some of the most robust laws in the world as it relates to child sexual exploitation. There's no question about it. But the problem is is that those laws will not address everything that is occurring to children. So, for example, we see on a regular basis um, innocent, Im- innocent images that parents, so it might be called sharenting, so parents o- maybe oversharing images of their kids. Uh, you know, you have offenders who are interested in all sorts of things. So they would go and grab images and then all of a sudden you're seeing cute little toddlers appearing in the dark web and they may be partially nude, they may be fully clothed. Then you read the commentary that exists in the thread that's tied to it and all the things that the offenders want to do to said child. So, you know, there aren't laws to address absolutely everything. So we have to be more comprehensive in how we attack the harm that's occurring to children. So the legal perspective is one thing. So our legislation is good, but we need regulations in place that require companies to be prohibiting the upload of um, known images of CSAM as also uh, child sexual abuse material, as well as harmful uh, images that we see appear online. Yeah, I'm thinking about how many how many parents have put the you know the cute picture of their kids in a bathtub you know up online thinking oh how cute it is. I remember the picture that my parents had of, of me and my brother way back when, and you know right. we didn't have it then. But you know those right. little things or of kid a little kid in a bathing suit whatever whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know that there has been talk, you know, certainly, you know, in the States uh, about uh, working towards these goals of, of um, uh, you know, su- supporting online anti-exploitation principles, reading an article about the Phoenix 11 and the work mm-hmm. that's been done, you know, mm-hmm. the voluntary principles to counter online ch- child sexual exploitation, the mm-hmm. meetings that have been held about that kind of promises made, but not promises being kept. So, right. <laughs> You know, how, I, I, I guess the fight continues, doesn't it, Signe? The fight continues and the push continues and the, the awareness has to keep growing. 
Yes, the fight continues, and never more than ever have we needed governments to step in and protect our most vulnerable, which are children, because we're seeing the repercussions of not regulating the Internet. And the result is is that children are being harmed um, on a regular basis, and it's, it's not okay. Why did we decide in the offline world we needed to do all of these things? to protect kids, and we said, well, the offline world we're somehow not going to deal with because it's too complicated. I think we all need to rise up and say this isn't good enough anymore. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So just before I let you go, Signine, I sure appreciate your time this afternoon. Mm -hmm. When, um, you know, I think there's a lot of... You know, maybe parents out there that don't think it's going to happen to their child, and there's you know maybe kids out there who think that they're invincible. What do you what do you tell them? What do they need to know? You know, we we just we just had a whole community in Ontario come in and report to us issues that were occurring on a site that it related to stolen images of teenage girls that were appearing on this particular site. The girls were clothed but in bathing suits and the whole community was falling apart because they had no control over the posting of that material. It was it was pulled off of another site, posted and then the commentary was completely sexualized. So, you know, it can happen to absolutely anybody. And then when it does happen, it feels completely out of your control. Because if it doesn't meet a legal threshold, then what are you going to do if the company says, no, they won't remove it, but significant harm is occurring for your child? The fact that we are in this scenario and begging companies to remove something where we've got kids who are who are threatening self-harm because they don't know how to move on with their life because they're being harassed, doxxed, stalked online. How did we land here? So, you know, it, 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 anyone is vulnerable, and I think that's the problem. It, it should... We shouldn't have a world that's set up in this capacity where it's so easy to hurt children. And I think everyone would agree with that. Yeah, without a doubt. So if by chance something happens to a, to mm-hmm. a, to a child, to a teen, to your child, to your teen, and, and mm-hmm. they come to you, mm-hmm. what's the, what, what do we do? What's the first, what, what do we need to do? Do we go to police right away? What, what's the advice on that front? Well, uh, you know, it, it really it really all depends. You know, to be honest with you, like that's a complicated answer because not everyone's comfortable with a criminal justice yeah. response. Some people just want the content down and to move on with their lives. So, yeah. you know, we've been running the national tip line now for uh, close to 20 years. And, you know, we have Project Arachnid where we have a crawler that goes out to disrupt the availability of this type of material. We have services to support survivors because there's a fallout that occurs from the harm that happens online and there's all sorts of systems that need to be triggered to support those who have been victimized in this capacity so we're a good resource of course if you believe something illegal has occurred um, and you're comfortable doing so you should be triggering that to police as well but we're set up with all those mechanisms in place that we're working with law enforcement across the country so if if you need help and support then you, you know you come into cybertip.ca or the Canadian Centre for Child Protection, which operates the national tip line, and we'll do our best to try and help. Um, you know, it's a scary and important conversation uh, this afternoon. Signe, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me.